Hello, and welcome to Wellness Wednesday with 3W. Wellness Wednesday is sponsored by 3W Medical for Women, a nonprofit medical clinic offering free of charge or low cost reproductive health services to women in the Seattle area, regardless of income or insurance status. 3W does not profit off of the reproductive health choices women make. The information shared in this podcast is the opinion of the speaker or speakers. Medical information is not intended as individual medical consultation, but for general education only. Always consult your own health professional for personalized advice regarding medical decisions. And if you're in the Seattle area, consider making an appointment to consult with us. I'm Helen Nguyen, CEO and co-founder of 3W Medical for Women and the host of today's podcast. Hi, Wellness Wednesday listeners. This is your host, Helen Nguyen. Thank you so much for being patient with me as I, you know, my schedule is always crazy and then getting sick recently, but I'm back now. And today, through some technical difficulties, our guest today has been so patient with us. Her name is Mozzie Eckel. Rhymes with freckle is what she reminded me. <laughs> I wish that we probably need to videotape this, but at some point, because I wish you guys could see her. She's gorgeous. Oh my okay. Gosh. Makes me feel like maybe <laughs> I should have combed my hair the second time today, but she is Miss Capitol Hill USA and she's running for Miss Washington USA 2022. Yes, so I am. welcome, Mozzie. Thank, <laughs> thank you, you so, so much. much. Um, I know how busy you are. So thank you so much for coming today and supporting 3W in our podcast. I know that so many people are going to get so much out of this, but you Aww. are going to. <laughs> I mean, that's the wonderful part about you is you're so personable. And so I just really appreciate that. But you're going to be super vulnerable with us today. Yes, I am. Yeah. I and, am. and what's the topic you want to talk to us today about? I want to talk to you guys about eating disorders mm-hmm. and more specifically my experience as yeah. well as it impacted pageants and yeah. diving deep more into how eating disorders are different for everybody and mm-hmm. they can look different right. for everybody as well. Right. So a tough, tough topic that a lot of our patients deal with that we've been observing and it, it's heartbreaking because- it impacts so many people. Unfortunately, so many. Yeah, and so many people. And it's such a secretive sometimes. Yes, it can be very. If you're living with it for a long time, you just want to protect it at any cost. Right. Once you've been so deeply hurt by this mental disease. And I know I did for a very, very long time. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when, when Mozzie brought up this topic, I was like, yes, I want to talk about this and started doing some research on my own and just was kind of blown away with the statistics of how many people are affected by eating disorders in general, you know, in our nation. One of the statistics that really stood out to me was eating disorders are among the deadliest mental health illnesses, second only to opioid overdose. I know it's so insane and people don't think of it like that. They think of it as a girl thing or something that is normal for teenage women Mm -hmm. and men to go through, but it's not normal and so deadly. I know that there were points in my journey Mm -hmm. where I was like, I'm either going to get better or I'm going to die from this. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the reasons why I decided that I wanted to get better. Yeah. So when did when did this start for you? Wow. What age, at what stage in your life? Did... This started very young age for me. I actually was 10 years old, like wow. so very young. Wow. And I remember exactly the first time when I had a thought about my body that was really negative. 
I was 10 years old. I was getting ready to take a shower for mm-hmm. the night and I saw myself in the mirror and I just mm-hmm. looked at myself as a 10 year old, a fifth grader and just thought wow. my body was so gross or it was mm-hmm. ugly. And then after that, I battled it for six years and it took wow. about two years from the time I was 10 to I was 12 before I started actually acting. So a lot of people believe that eating disorders are only physical and getting skinny and being mm-hmm. almost skeletal like, but mm-hmm. it's really a mental disease. So yes. I believe that my eating disorder started mentally when I was 10 years old, but didn't actually start acting upon it by restrictive eating, hiding food, taking laxatives when I was starting 12 years old until I was about 16. Oh my gosh. Okay. Did your parents pick up on it? Did people in your community or your circles pick up on it? Well, kind of. I, what I believe the one of the reasons why I kind of started my eating disorder was yeah. partially the desire to be thin and be desirable mm-hmm. and partially because I wanted my parents to intervene. I wanted them to do something. I wanted them to see me, mm-hmm. put me in a treatment center and just take care of me. And that was mm-hmm. kind of part of the reason. And mm-hmm. I think my parents knew about it. They hinted about it. They would say stuff, but mm-hmm. I would just deny it or I would pretend like I was fine. And they mm-hmm. kind of just like, after I denied it, just me saying that they left it alone. So they never took any action about it. I've mm-hmm. had multiple family members kind of hint at it or say it, but no one in my life really ever sat me down and said, I think this is what's going on with you and mm-hmm. you need to get help. Like never. And I think that's what I really needed. So yeah. I've realized that no one was going to help me besides me. So that's why I decided to get better. And it impacted me a lot socially where Mm -hmm. I wouldn't hang out with friends or I couldn't hang out with friends that long because they would see me not eating or they'd find out my secret or they find out the reason why I'm so thin is not because I'm doing healthy practices. I'm actually doing the opposite, Mm -hmm. being unhealthy. Right. And I was just so afraid socially, mentally. My mind was constantly thinking about guys like trigger warning too. Mm -hmm. my mind was constantly thinking about food and exercise Mm -hmm. and I could not think about anything else, which made my mind so full of that and nothing else. And I felt like not a person. Right. You have like obsessed about. Yes. Did you ever think about, okay, if I went out with some friends at a restaurant, like, what am I going to eat? Oh, that's my biggest fear. Just right? super so, calculated. Yeah. Hanging out with friends and yeah. family members. I used to come here when I was younger to Seattle to visit all my family members. And yeah. once the eating sort of got really bad towards like 13, 14, it was mm-hmm. scary because around my parents, they didn't really see me. So mm-hmm. I can pretend like I was fine. I didn't have to hide. I didn't have to act weird. Mm-hmm. They really just left me alone. But when I'm around my family the entire time, staying with grandparents and aunts mm-hmm. and uncles, I couldn't hide. So mm-hmm. it was very anxiety ridden to mm-hmm. come visit the place that I used to love. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. was a huge impact in me. Wow. Wow. So when did it get bad? When did you know, oh my gosh, this has consumed my life? And at such a young age. Yes. So it took a, probably a lot of self-awareness to be like, wow, mm-hmm. I'm I'm really getting to a point where I need to make a change or I continue on this. When, when was that for you? One of the points, I know it definitely was when I was 16 and I started doing sports. I was doing cheerleading and I was doing track. Mm-hmm. And after every practice, I was exhausted where I would mm-hmm. just falling asleep as soon as I got home from school. And at that time, I 
had been abusing laxatives for Mm -hmm. a while and Mm -hmm. really not healthy. And there was like one point where I had like very, very bad stomach pains from it. And I was laying on my bathroom floor. I don't know exactly how old I was. I might've been, Mm -hmm. might've been 16. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, am I going to die? This is the most painful stomach pain I've ever felt. I don't know what was going on. And then I felt better after a little bit, but that was really scary. And I realized that I was really impacted Mm -hmm. so much by this and Mm -hmm. every area of my life was being affected. And I just, I just wanted to stop. I wanted Mm -hmm. to have a better relationship with my body and actually be friends with myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. During that period of time, you know, you said your family kind of hinted at you about, okay, there might be something going on there. Did you ever hinted at them? Was there ever someone you confided in and they didn't do anything or not really. I believe after I decided to go into recovery and yeah. my recovery is different from a lot of people, I would say I mentally decided that I wanted to get better. That's when I started being more open about it and talking about it because at the time I was recovering, I had a friend that had an eating disorder mm-hmm. and hers went south, like really, really bad where she was institutionalized after a few months of it. Wow. And that's, I was talking a lot about it to her, but mm-hmm. I was very fiercely protective of my eating disorder when I was really in it. Okay. I wanted no one to know. I mm-hmm. would hide food. I would make sure that no one knew about it, but like eventually people did know about Pick up it, on it. Mm-hmm. but they just never really said anything. Okay. What was your recovery process after you made up your mind? Okay. I can't keep doing this. What did that look like for you? It was, it was very lonely. I did not reach out to any doctors or therapists like I probably should have. I just didn't have Mm -hmm. the education. I didn't know how to attack this. It was Mm -hmm. mostly on my own. I just slowly started incorporating more food. I started Mm -hmm. being nicer to myself, not trying not to focus on my body so much. And one thing that really helped me was working out, but working out in a way that was making me stronger. And I started to frame my mind in a way that my body was a machine and Mm. I get out of it what I put into it. Mm -hmm. So I realized that when I would eat more and I would eat healthier and I would be nicer to myself mentally, I could lift more weights. (laughs) I can be stronger. And I have one of my friends named Safa, who I'm still best friends with. It was probably a year into my recovery. She invited me to be her gym buddy Mm. and her and I would cook dinners after the gym together I started falling in love with cooking. I grew up with mostly a single dad, mm-hmm. excuse me, a single dad, and he only ordered takeout all the time. So yeah. I was not getting a lot of valuable yeah. ideas for food and cooking. Mm-hmm. So I started mm-hmm. cooking for myself, buying mm-hmm. groceries, and I really loved eating healthy in a mm-hmm. way that was sustainable, in a way that I was eating three to four meals a day and just working out and realizing that I can be stronger once I eat more and Mm-hmm. It definitely takes a long time to recover. And I don't think I'm fully recovered mm-hmm. as of now. Mm-hmm. I think when you have an eating disorder, it's something that's always in the back of your mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you have to be really aware of the eating disorder because if you pretend like you never had it, you can mm-hmm. easily slip back into old habits. So I always have to constantly be aware of that right. and be aware of that. I'm kind of like a recovering alcoholic. Yeah. You have to be aware and not let yourself yeah. slip back into those patterns, you know? Right. Yeah. That's like, that's exactly what I was thinking while you were describing that is like, it's like any other addiction. It's because it's a relationship mm-hmm. with food. 
it, you know, for alcoholics, it's a relationship with alcohol. So, you know, for, for the alcoholics that I've known in my life, it's like, they don't put themselves in situations where a lot of alcohol is there because mm-hmm. so, it's triggering. So when you go to like a party or something like that and there are donuts, like, do you go, okay, I can only have one. Sl-. Like what kind of mental hoops do you mm-hmm. have to jump, jump through to go, I can only have a slice of it or can I only have half of it? Because I know what I want to do when I have, <laughs> look at a donut. I want to eat the whole thing. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, like what, what, yeah, what type of mental process do you have to go through when you look at something as desirable as a donut or it's not even <laughs> desirable to you? I don't know. <laughs> it's definitely intuitive eating, making sure that I'm paying attention to my body and not just binging on something to binge on something. Mm-hmm. I thankfully I'm not super into sweets. Oh, so I'm not what like, a blessing. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do have like, I'm really into carbs. So like, that's my like junk food is like pasta or like, I like this like awesome vegan mac and cheese pizza. So that's like my thing. <laughs> I'm not super into sweets, yeah. but it's making sure that I'm eating full meals. And mm-hmm. that if I really want like chocolate, let myself mm-hmm. like have a piece. And that's yeah. mostly all I want yeah. instead of just force myself to be restrictful and not eat something sweet, then I'm going to attack that donut because I've been not letting myself eat that forever. So it's really letting yourself have a little bit of something if you really want to. That's how to live a more intuitive eating and healthier life. So in moderation, yes, right? Everything in moderation, not gorging on one thing or, or, or completely cutting it out, Mm -hmm. but just little bits of it. I wish I can do that with chocolate. I just usually eat the whole bar, which is terrible. Don't do what I do. Um, but okay, that that is just so interesting. So why do you want to talk about this today? Is it just to raise awareness and, and you know, tell your story or, or is it more than that? Why do you want to tell your story? The main thing I was thinking about when I was trying to think about why I want to do this mm-hmm. is the fact that eating disorders are so different for every person. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned from research and recovery and posting about it, connecting with the recovered eating disorder community is mm-hmm. that you don't have to be a skinny stick figure person to have anorexia. Mm-hmm. You can have a healthy body weight mm-hmm. and still have an disorder. It's mm-hmm. a mental disease. Right. And it's so different for everyone. I know I saw something where a lot of the community doesn't like when people post pictures of them being super skinny and unhealthy to being normal mm-hmm. or like um, a normal healthy body weight. Mm-hmm. And that's because not everyone has the same experience and eating disorder is not just what it looks like physically. Mm-hmm. As well as I think that, I think I was talking to you about a lot of people dismiss this eating, eating disorders as, oh, it's a girl thing. Girls are insecure. They have girls and younger boys. It's a culture thing. And mm-hmm. girls are always on these diets and Mm -hmm. I have learned to hate diets. I think they're insane. They're crazy. They're unsustainable. And a lot of eating disorder culture is in diets and always trying to restrict. And I think it's a woman thing where we feel so insecure and Mm -hmm. having this need to always be thin and put in this mold. So I really love talking about it and breaking out of it because Mm -hmm. I have this theory that men do push the standards of thin beauty on women is because thin women aren't what's the word intimidating intimidating exactly that's Mm. it thank you yeah intimidating whereas a woman who is strong and healthy and in their power is really intimidating to men Mm. 
Mm-hmm. That's what I believe. Wow. That's an interesting I just theory. learned that and I was like, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> makes yeah. a lot of sense. How do you, you know, you're you're on social media a lot because yes. of of the career that path that you wanna want for yourself. How do you think social media has changed that with body image, right? Because oh my gosh. I yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, talking about what's relevant, like Facebook is in the news and Instagram mm-hmm. is in the news these days because there's there's the study that's coming out that shows the more young girls look at these social media platforms, the more depressed they get, the more they judge their bodies. And, you know, how do you balance that for yourself being Mm -hmm. on social media? Because you have to be in some ways and then combating that other side of it, you know? There's this awesome feature on Instagram where you can mute people's profiles, their posts and their stories. So it's a part of my recovery was unfollowing. I used to follow so many Victoria's Secret models, so many beautiful people that I consider beautiful Mm -hmm. and it was really negatively impacting Mm -hmm. me and I didn't realize that yeah so I unfollowed all these models I used to follow and then any people I followed after that if I looked at their photo and I felt a twinge of doubt Mm -hmm. or insecurity just by looking at their photo I just muted their profile or muted their stories and posts so I didn't have to see that Wow. So that is a way that people can really start curating their Instagram to focus more on body positivity, yeah. having news and research in their Instagram instead of just pretty photos. You can mm-hmm. still follow a person. You don't right. have to unfollow them. Yeah. I know I have some friends, especially in the pageant community, full of beautiful women where I follow them and I still love them so mm-hmm. much, but I can't help it. Their photos make me feel kind of insecure. So I just mute their right. photos and that's what really helps me and still has me connected with them still. Yeah. That is so, that's such a good intentional way Mm -hmm. of approaching social media in general. I've muted so many people. (laughs) I've muted so many people. (laughs) I love that feature. (laughs) You're still following them in a way, Yeah, but you're protecting your mental health in that aspect. Yeah. I mean, even for me, I, I, you know, talking about social media, I feel like after scrolling, you know, for 10 minutes, you kind of go, Ah, uh, uh, gosh, I don't, I don't feel great about the world, or I don't feel good mm-hmm. in general, and it really does impact your mental health. Yes, it does in so many ways. So, super interesting how that's going on right now with with Facebook. I'm very <laughs> curious about following that story. Yeah, I would imagine, like you said, looking at Victoria's Secret models, especially. Oh my gosh, it was um, it's so hard. I used to think that if I wasn't a Victoria's Secret model, I just would never be happy. Yeah. That was like my one goal when I was 16 and then I realized how unhealthy that is to be and these girls are not even happy themselves yeah I've realized from so many girls coming out in the industry and they're Mm -hmm. not they all not all of them but some of them have eating disorders some of them Mm -hmm. are pressured Mm -hmm. they feel insecure these beautiful beautiful women feel insecure themselves so then you look at yourself you're like oh I'm not alone in this. Mm-hmm. Even the most gorgeous woman in the world has mm-hmm. insecurities too. So that makes you right. feel not as alone, I would yeah. say. How do you define beauty? Hmm. Beauty to me has changed more from physicality. It's more about being vulnerable. You know, mm. it's very evident from what we've faced through the coronavirus and yeah. We've all gone through so much trauma in different ways. Yeah. I know I have. Not just yes. even staying inside, but people, we've lost people and we've been through some illnesses and talking about those vulnerabilities and sharing those stories because the pandemic is the one thing that connects us all 
is strength to me. And that is beauty is mm-hmm. showing that strength and vulnerability and talking about what we've all been through the past two years, whatever yeah. it has been. Yeah. How would you define your body now? How, how would you talk about it with someone coming out, you know, as, mm-hmm. as you continue to deal with this mental health issue, but how would you describe your body now? My body and I, we're, we're in a marriage together. Yeah. We're in a marriage. Sometimes we're, sometimes it's very rocky where mm-hmm. there's times and stress where mm-hmm. I do feel the need to restrict on stuff, but mm-hmm. we fight, mm-hmm. but we still are committed to each other at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. And I'm always trying to do what's best for my body, which is stay healthy, eat healthy, making sure that I'm checking in with it and mm-hmm. making sure that I'm giving it what it needs, whether that be stretching or a day off or mm-hmm. going for a light walk. And sometimes I'm, I can admit, even with pageants, sometimes it can be difficult when you get closer to the pageant and you have mm-hmm. to diet a little bit or mm-hmm. tweak what you're eating. It does give me anxiety in that way. But mm-hmm. realizing that before I was doing the exact same thing for an unhealthy reason, and mm-hmm. now I'm doing this for a positive reason, and that's yeah. to be Miss Washington, be Miss USA and further my career. So having those differences and realizing them is what sets aside from an eating disorder versus me working towards something Mm -hmm. and trying to maintain this marriage with my body. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a great way of talking about a marriage with (laughs) your body. We fight sometimes. Don't worry about that. We do fight a little bit, but it's like healthy fighting. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's wonderful. Well, one last question, because this is just so interesting to me. One last question. If our listeners are out there that are, are dealing with eating disorders themselves, what is one message you'd like to get across to them? The first thing is that people need to want to help themselves. Mm-hmm. They want to have to get better because if you're trying to get better, but you don't necessarily are motivated for it and Mm -hmm. you just are still stuck in that cycle Mm -hmm. then it's going to be very difficult to get out you have to look yourself and say is this what i want to have the rest of my life Mm -hmm. do i want to be in my 40s and 50s and still Mm -hmm. not having a great relationship with my body or Mm -hmm. do i want to form a friendship and start taking steps to being a best friend with my body and i feel Mm -hmm. that everyone wants to be best friends with their body because at the end of the day, it's only you that's there. Mm-hmm. And you wake up yourself, you're with yourself all day. Mm-hmm. You want to have a healthy space to live in, and that is your mind. Yeah. So you really have to do it for yourself because mm-hmm. you can't do it for anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. You have to live with it. So you got to mm-hmm. get yourself out of it or or through it somehow. And that's a beautiful message for anyone listening out there. Um, please know that you're not alone and you know, here at 3W, we we want to be that girlfriend that you can confide in if this is something that you're struggling with because we have resources and we have licensed healthcare professionals that could walk you through this process wherever you're at. You know, I think Mozzie, I think you would totally be such a wonderful resource yes. if someone wanted to reach out to if you. If someone and just wants to DM me, my yeah. Instagram is Mazzy Eckel, M-A-Z-Z-Y-E-C-K-E-L at Instagram, on Instagram. Yeah. If you want to DM me with any questions or just talk about how to get steps to get yourself help, then mm-hmm. please DM me. Yeah. 
We'll have that listed on our description yes. too. Mazia, thank you so much for enlightening us with, you know, the information that you have about eating disorders. Obviously, we've just scratched the surface of this. There's so much more. There's so much more. So I think we should have Mazi back yes. just so that we can see yes. her because <laughs> um, she's such a joy when she comes in. Um, but you know, I've, I, we just scratch the surface. I think this should be a series and have her come back and even maybe have one of our licensed healthcare providers join in on the conversation. But you know, this, this topic really hits home for the 3W family um, because we lost someone that was on our board um, in our community to, to this, to this mental health uh, disease actually. So this, this episode and this conversation is for her, you know, and for anyone out there that's suffering with this, please know that you're not alone. We get it. We get how hard this is. And so um, thank you, Mozzie, for for being here with us. We'll have you back for so many other things. Thank Um, you. And thank you listeners for tuning in. If there are other topics that you'd like us to explore, Mozzie has a wealth of knowledge. So (laughs) Email us, you know, get in touch with us, ask Mazia a question. We can relay the question to her and get you connected with her um, and, and and go from there. So thanks so much for tuning in and be well. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Yes, of course. Yeah. Thank you, Mazi. Thank you. For more information about 3W, please visit our website at 3wmedical.org. That's the number three, the letter W, medical.org. From there, you can learn more information about the services we provide, book an appointment, or make a donation if you'd like to support our mission. You can also call our office at 206-588-0311. That's 206-588-0311. If you like this episode, please share it with others and consider subscribing on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay healthy and be well.